This is the After Party, live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Hello, Kim. Hello, and good afternoon to you, John Daly. Good afternoon. It's not live. We just it's live. the after party, but it's not live. Nope. Oh. Yeah. Why aren't you here I, today? I have. I am. You know. I always get roped in to be in the room, mom, and that means you have to throw the class Halloween party. So today is the class Halloween party, and right now I am uh, giving out prizes and helping kids decorate pumpkins and cupcakes. Wait, cla- like class Halloween <laughs> party? Back in the day, they just like uh, people would bring in cupcakes, and then the teacher would just like slam them down in the back and be like, "Okay, grab a cupcake. That's it. That Happy was Halloween." It? Yeah. No, no, we have a party. It's, it's a big thing, big to do. Oh, it's like the after yeah. party. Yeah, exactly. See? And now I'm used to hosting one, so it's all right. And that one will be live. Yeah. Uh, it, it will be live, and we'll be live again tomorrow. So this is a very special pre-recorded edition of the After Party Live. Thank you for hanging out with us today. You know, you can always message us. Uh, it's john at theafterparty.live, kim at theafterparty.live. And while we have you, please take a moment to click the like button. And if you haven't subscribed, please click the subscribe button as well. Um, you had some shaking going on in San Francisco. Yeah. Did you feel the earthquake uh, no, on Friday? I did. Uh, pretty crazy. I think it was around 630 in the evening. And the weird thing is, you know, you had that first few seconds. I was hanging out with a friend. We we're just talking. No matter how many earthquakes you've been through, they, they, there's such a gap of time between earthquakes that you feel. But sometimes you just, it takes a second to register that it is an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought maybe something had hit the building because it was a quick jolt. Other people oh. said there was a very loud rumble that they could hear in this city, um, but it was a quick jolt. And then you're thinking, okay, is this the pre-shock or is this the big event? Uh, the weird thing is it, it initially it was like 4.0. I think they downgraded it to like a 3.8 or something, 3.9. But if you see the star, the, the epicenter was directly under SFO. Oh, Which that's was really unusual. Yeah. 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 I thought that was that strange. That doesn't so. give me a lot of confidence. Is there a fault line running right under the airport? <laughs> well, we have the San Andreas. I don't know exactly where the line runs. Poor but I think it's, planning. Well, it's, actually, it's in the, um, the park area on the left side of the peninsula. Oh. So it's not that far. Um, but okay. I think there's more than one layer. There's like subduction zones and whatnot. It gets really complicated. Wow. But anyway, yeah, here in the city, you know, we're especially sensitive to earthquakes, right? In our history. So. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you, you're like, I need to get to a good location. <laughs> I need to get to a... <laughs> there you know, is no good way. location. Yeah. <laughs> Something else in San Francisco. I saw this at an SF gate and I love it. You are going to... I'm not going to get uh, one of these stickers the next election, but you will. It's a new I Voted sticker. And apparently the people of San Francisco were given a choice and they voted for this really cute one. Look at the Wait, California I didn't get poppies to, on the I bottom. I didn't get to vote. Well, I mean, talk to Mayor Breed because you should have gotten your Is voting. this part of her new civic pride campaign? Instead of, think... uh, instead of hiring more police officers and opening more <laughs> shelters, we're just going to like move the, trying the deck to chairs do it around. All. Yeah. yeah, she's trying to do... So between August and September... There were 650 designs submitted to replace that normal I voted sticker that's just a plain red sticker. Yeah, that and was a really, it was a burning issue. Like I, every time I looked at that sticker, I'm like, oh, it's like this, red. This is boring to me. It's like mm-hmm. red and it has white font. We really need to change this sticker because, you know, you wear it for like six hours. Well, <laughs> you know, 
You're it is a nice design. A, this is a cute sticker. I don't know why you're upset about it. You I'm just not feel upset. Like need, I just feel that like our city focus focuses on, on all the yeah. things that don't really matter. Um, but uh, as long as they didn't spend a million dollars on the redesign, I'm okay. Mm. Well, this this was voted on by city residents between October 10th and October 17th. 3,000 votes were cast. Uh, no, rather, 10,000 votes were cast, and 3,000 of them went to this woman. She's a local artist. Her name is Hollis Callis, and she won the design contest. And so you've got Golden Gate Bridge, Sutro Tower, the California poppies, sea lions, the wild parrots of Telegraph Hill make an appearance there. She said, it's a validation of people really appreciating my work, and it doesn't happen on a day-to-day basis, so she's really excited. And I think it's a really cute sticker. I love it. Hopefully I next time they'll, they'll uh, mail the ballots to our houses. So there's some voting nice? irregularity. I didn't get I a ballot. I don't know how much they spent on this whole campaign. It, I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't want to know either. Just appreciate that you will get this historic sticker and I get stuck with the red I voted sticker. So. Wah, wah, wah. Mm, uh, speaking of wah, 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 um, our friends at Cruise are back in the news. I don't think they ever really, really no. leave the news. They're all parked there. Yeah. So they uh, at the Washington Post, they did a deep dive on why the uh, why Cruise's self-driving cars were pulled from California roads. Mm-hmm. You know, and what's really interesting here is that we're finding out that Cruz withheld information from the DMV. Now, they're claiming, oh, no, we were open and we shared every all the information we have. But the DMV is saying that they didn't know uh, they didn't have this additional footage showing the woman being dragged by the car. You know, the yeah. Cruz had said, like, oh, it came to rest on her. Right. Because right. It, it ag- aggressively was breaking. But turns out the car took her. 20 feet down the road and so we're the only... talking to, we're talking about this accident where a woman was hit by one car with a with a human driver yeah. thrown into the path of a cruise vehicle and what we were told was that the cruise vehicle it sensors when it senses a problem it just stops so that it came to rest and she was underneath it but that wasn't the whole story yeah the dmv said it met with cruise the day after the crash but only received additional footage 10 days later after a quote another government agency told the DMV it existed. While the cruise vehicle did initially break as the company reported, the longer video shows that the car began moving again towards the side of the road. This this just fits in with the shadiness that we've been reporting on with Cruise. I you know, and knowing the person um who we used to work with who worked at Cruise and worked at Waymo, they just do a permanent, you know, CYA over there uh with their lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um they're not really as concerned with all the safety issues that they should be. Uh, allegedly, and um, I think this is becoming evident. Over the weekend, there was a protest against those vehicles in Southern California. I want to say Long Beach area, they had a big protest over that. So now I think San Francisco is, we had done a story earlier this week about, well, why is San Francisco the only place where there's problems? Well, it looks like now other cities are having issues as well, and they're not loving having these cruise Waymo vehicles rolling around. I don't know. I mean, maybe is it growing pains, do you think, that we have to, you know, they're going to have to go through every scenario that they hadn't thought of to make the cars act appropriately? And so, yeah, well, I mean, what's unique about the city here is the topography, the uh, density of the urban environment. This is not, you know, uh, this is not like a 
a, a suburban city with a grid, right. you know, and um, you have, it's way more chaotic. Mm-hmm. You have people on those uni, those unicycle, whatever they call yeah. those, the one wheelies. You have people on other scooters. You have, you know, yeah. muni trains, you know, yeah. you have, you have so much on the road, bicyclists that Bicycle are very hostile. Bicyclists in and out of the, yeah. Bicycle, yeah. Bicyclists that are very hostile towards everyone else <laughs> that aren't stopping at stop signs. So it's like pure yeah. chaos. So I, I can understand why San Francisco would have more problems. And uh, on top of that, we already have a plethora of other problems. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some animal news. Oh, happy stuff. Yay, look at that. Yeah. Let's so talk we have about a, this, a white deer uh, this in deer, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, this is pretty cool. This is a, um, a white deer that was spotted in Tennessee, and it's believed to be non-native. And uh, let's take a look at the video here. There have been reports of white deer being spotted here in our the... region, and one has been seen in Johnson City. This deer was photographed around Interstate 26 and Unica Avenue in Johnson City by viewer Ken Vest. The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency says the buck appears to be an albino follow deer from a captive herd, and it is not native to our region. Wow, that's cool. Very cool. I mean, I guess not if you're the white bucket that stands out, you know, <laughs> against the foliage and the hunter sees you. But it, yeah. 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 Do you but think he knows really uh, Rudolph? Interesting looking. No, yeah, no. He can hang out with Rudolph that can uh, go on the road. I love that, though. They're so cool. Like, I, the same thing with Frosty the Orca. They're just yeah. so interesting to look at. I like so the name Frosty the Orca. Survives. Yeah. Um, another deer incident, this one not so pleasant, and it happened in Wisconsin, where all of a sudden, without warning, not that there's a deer countdown clock, this deer came crashing through the window of a very crowded restaurant. Have you ever had that happen where you're driving down the road and a deer just leaps out from trees, like like springs on its feet and, you know, lands right in front of you? Uh, I've seen them stop. They've stopped in the middle of the like the back roads of Marin County when I'm driving right. out there. Yeah, it's but I've ha- to me I haven't experienced see them on the side haven't of experienced the road them and... jumping into a uh, restaurant. Do you want to check out the video? Yeah, let's check okay. out this because this is a surprise. Okay. Wow. So you have everyone kind of realizing it's something's busy. going on. Yeah, and it's kind of like a time delay oh, camera. There he comes. Yeah, there he goes, just right in, and he's going to the kitchen. <laughs> Check out, hey, I smell something nice in here. What could this be? Oh, hmm. I wonder if he's hurt. Did he crash through the glass? I couldn't really make it out in the video. The video is kind of jittery because it's, I think it's, it's like once there. he's in and then he's out. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, well, well there's an exit. I'm uh, out. I'm out. That was interesting. Yeah. Peace, y'all. Yeah. Anyway, oh, so wow. uh, that's a surprise. Yeah, you can imagine you're just kind of like relaxing or hanging out with your family, eating, and then boom. Eating noodles. It happened at Noodles and Company in Beloit, uh, Wisconsin. And yeah, this buck just broke right through a window and people tried to get out of the way. And because of that, they're having a big sale. They're Uh-oh. calling it Two Buck Mac and Cheese. Oh, there you go. Get it? Yeah. 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 I thought that. I'm glad that they're clarifying that it's uh, it's mac and cheese and uh, not deer. Um, this story is pretty funny. Uh, a thrift store is asking people to stop donating used and unused sex toys. Wait, this is the kids department we're looking at a picture of. 
this this is thrift <laughs> shore. this is the thrift store. I'm sorry, the uh, okay. thrift store. They're asking locals I'm to not, donate. I'm not seeing sure. what you're selling. Would you even buy? Like, okay, if you were in the market for such an item, are you buying it used? Because I'm thinking, no. Ew. no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. Maybe poor people need a little something, something too. Maybe so that's is, how it is. This is a thrift store in Wales, but they're asking people to donate children's toys and refrain from donating used and unused <laughs> adult toys. This charity-run thrift store in Wales is asking supporters to stop. Uh, the uh, Barna Barnado's <laughs> stop. store. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> the Barnado's store. No means no. Stop means stop. Uh, it supports the Barnado's children's charity. So you can see why they're children-focused. So they yeah. had to issue a statement asking donors to be careful of what they bring to the store. Could those of you who kindly donate please be mindful that we are a children's charity. And oh as such, gosh. we have a range of ages on our wonderful volunteer team. We therefore ask that you refrain from donating your used and unused marital aids. I like how they worded <laughs> this. So they have kids, probably teenagers, going through the stuff, right, As when it's donated. We would like to remind you that this branch has CCTV, so these items can be traced back to their owners. Thank oh. you. A uh, representative Even from the charity said the statement came after some recent inappropriate donations. We are hugely appreciative of donations from the community, but it's fair to say that these items aren't quite the sorts <laughs> of toys that we're looking for. The representative said the store is particularly in need of donations of clothing and children's toys. So if you're in Wales and you want to donate something, bring uh, kids toys. Keep the good stuff to yourself. Yeah. I mean... And and is that something Apparently you would it's ever not that thought good of? They're getting rid of it. You ever thought? Well, let me hold this in my hand and think. Where should I? What should I do with this? Wait, hold this in your I no hand. Longer, and, wait, what? I no longer want this item. This item. <laughs> 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 what shall I do with it? Oh, I know. Let's donate it to a children's charity, a, a children's item. thrift store. You're, you're trying to get rid of a marital item. I see. No, no, no. All right. Well, from that to this, uh, not much of a, a link, really, but there's a, I thought, interesting story. More of an ink. Ink. Uh, ink and mummy. Ink, ink and, and ink and mummy, you see. This is a girl. She was discovered as a 500-year-old ink and mummy. She looks and great. Scientists, yeah, <laughs> scientists took her and they recreated her face. So this is a digital rendering of what this ink and mummy girl would look like okay she was found in 1995 in the andes in a very chilly peak in a crater near the summit of empado which is a dormant peruvian volcano and they found her underneath cloth about the size of a person well because she was a person and they then found a human face poking through the rags She's an Incan teenager who they would later name Juanita or the Maiden of Empado. She was about 13 years old and sacrificed by the Incas who'd been preserved almost, she, the girl, had been preserved almost perfectly for centuries as a frozen mummy because it's very, very chilly there. So they took her and they studied her. And they recreated her face. It, this is a lifelike silicone model of Juanita's face, and it approximates her appearance at the time of her death. And the, this is where she's displayed, I guess, at the Catholic University of Santa Maria in Peru. So her body is there along with this silicone recreation of her as well. 
when you they say when you look in the eyes of this mummy, it looks like she's alive. It's very, very unsettling. So Oh, of the actual mummy, not this. Mm, so, no, of yeah. the of this of the recreation. Oh, the recreation. It looks so lifelike when you're standing in front of it, I guess, that yeah. Yeah. So, and she had no idea that, you know, hundreds of years later yeah, she's gonna be on display. <laughs> yeah, she knew. She yeah, they told her ahead of the oh, death. They her. They're like, they Don't her. worry okay. about it. Yeah, yeah. no. You'll be no. you'll be she famous. You'll be famous. No, um, but it's interesting. Uh, interesting, a little disturbing, uh, a little creepy. Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Speaking <laughs> of creepy, though, AI is back in the news. Uh, oh. AI never goes away. Now, I, are you familiar with the specific term AGI? No. What's that mean? AGI is artificial general intelligence. So it's AI that matches the cognitive function of humans. Oh, right. so like not extra smart AI, but like basic human AI. <laughs> like we're not that smart yet. Like it's smart, uh, already smarter than us. So, well, it, you know, I think they think it means better. But, you know, yeah. Mm, okay. uh, but whether such a future comes to pass or not, open AI CEO, uh, that's who you're, we're seeing here. This is Sam Altman. He has a warning. AI doesn't have to be AGI level smart to take control of our feeble human minds. Uh oh. When the CEO you know, the guy who's getting all the updates and, you know, reports is warning us. We should pay attention to this. I expect AI to be able of, uh, or sorry, I expect AI to be capable of humans, uh, superhuman persuasion well before it is superhuman at a general intelligence level. Altman tweeted mean, on Tuesday. What do you mean persuasion? What's he talking about persuasion? Like it could convince us to do stuff we don't want to do? Yeah, like say, think of your most persuasive uh, speaker, right? Say, like, Gene Burns was giving a speech and trying to convince you to vote one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So the AI <laughs> doesn't have to become as smart as, as us. It just has to become manipulative, like a lot oh, of people great. that we know, right? Yeah. So while Altman didn't elaborate on what those outcomes might be, it is not a far-fetched prediction. User-facing AI chatbots like uh, ChatGPT are designed to be good conversationalists, right? And have become eerily capable of sounding convincing, even though they're entirely incorrect about something so it's like fox news basically oh, this great. is going to be they're going to be that's at the what fox we news need. level mm -hmm. right it's going to be a sean hannity bot uh, at the time at the same time it's also true that humans are already becoming uh, or being able to uh, form emotional connections to their various chat bots right which is creepy making them sound a lot more convincing and ai bots have already played a supportive role in some pretty pretty troubling events case in point when a 19 year old human Began, became so infatuated with his AI partner, he was convinced by it to attempt to assassinate the late Queen Elizabeth. Oh. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is uh, disturbing news. And wow. uh, another reason why AI needs to be regulated. So yeah, I guess so. now you're up to date with your creepy AI news. <sighs> Thank you. I don't know what you're I would have done with that. I have other creepy news. Okay. You know, Let's keep it creepy on a Monday. You look under your pillowcase you're changing your sheets and you look at the right. pillow and you think you know maybe it's time for a new pillow this one's a little skunky i don't know i don't know if i want this old yellowed gnarly looking pillow gotta oh, put a cover on it you can see that one's a little stained you know it happens uh the reason it happens is because sometimes people sweat at night sometimes people have stuff on their hair whatever um uh, and the you know, this all makes your pillow turn a little funky color. Moisture, you got sebum. You know, sebum. <laughs> yeah, that's sticky, the oily. oil on your face. Yeah. <clears throat> Moisture and residue of human sweat, oils, beauty products, and wet hair. 
So right. that all makes your pillow turn a little yellow. But the question has been asked now, can sleeping on a yellowed pillow be a bad thing? Apparently, this one couple had a fight over it. The, the woman said, you can't sleep on, on yellowed pillows. It's unhealthy. The man said, this is the most comfortable pillow I've ever had in my life. I'm not getting rid of it. He's talked into getting rid of Mike it. Was that Mike Lindell? <laughs> no, it's not him. He's not my no. pillow. No. Uh, I think that he's got big financial problems, by the way. Uh, but no, the guy got rid of the pillow, okay. acquiesced, and has regretted yes, it ever dear. since, has never had a, be- a good night's sleep since. It was the perfect pillow and not to be recreated. Maybe it so, wasn't my pillow. Now the question asked, <laughs> does the act of putting your head on an old, raggedy-looking, stained-up pillow, is that unsanitary? And so the experts say... Not always. It might not be so bad. Uh, It won't hurt you, per se, but it could lead to allergy and skin-related concerns that could be avoided because it has an accumulation of moisture, moisture, body oils, and sweat. Uh, It can be an optimal environment for dust mites, and that can be the the cause of allergies. So it can, but not, not 100%, right? Yeah, it's you're kind of creating a plus, dust mite hotel. Yeah. He said they say it's fibers plus human skin scales and dandruff that served as food for the dust mite, plus the dark, moist environment that breeds them. Washing the pillow regularly in hot water and using a hot dryer cycle can help. Do you ever wash your pillows? I never do. Uh, I, th- I have in the past. I think it mm. depends on whether or not. I think they say a lot of them say that they are washable, right? Yeah, mine aren't. I have these organic pillows, like they have foam chunks inside. Yeah. And I don't think I'm supposed to wash them, but okay. Um, They also say mold spore and other allergens can live in the fibers of your pillows. And pillows that have turned yellow can be bad for your skin. Oil and dirt can clog your pores, causing acne, milia, and rosacea. You know, here's the problem, though. I mean, when you, if your pillow was yellowed, usually. I mean, you're not going to sleep on the that pillow, you know, on the nude pillow. You put a pillowcase on it. So your face isn't coming directly into contact with the yellowed fabric, right? Right. You give some decency to the pillow. Yeah, I think <laughs> in the past what I've just done is just thrown another pillowcase over it. Yeah. Uh, they say that helps. It'll provide a barrier between you and the allergens that lurk in the pillow fibers. And that extra fabric can help prevent your body and hair moisture from percolating through the actual pillow. Jeez. So that additional layer of protection works wonders when also paired with a pillowcase. So you have a pillow cover that yeah. zips around the pillow and then a pillowcase on top of it. I think you should just refer back to your own gross uh, factor and like your evaluation of is this gross or not? And is it time to go? Mm, yeah, it's like, how bad does it going to get? Anyway, yeah. so that's the saga of the year. But honestly, pillow. I don't really think about it that often, and I do like the pillow I have. It's not on my pillow. It's no, no. <laughs> mine's not either. It is like a Tempur-Pedic, though, from Costco. You know, we're lucky we have a place to put our pillow, to be honest. That is true. And now, uh, those of you with mortgages, <laughs> you'll be interested in this. <laughs> so the mortgage business is kind of like a boom and bust industry, right? But it's gotten so bad. Uh, that there's this article in the Wall Street Journal that where they're talking about lenders are hurting to the point where they're asking their ex-employees to give back their bonuses. Wait, what? You they're can't asking give a, a former, former employee? Yeah. 
So uh, there's the Can they you just say this. no? No. <laughs> no, profile, thanks. I got my bonus. I'm out. No way, man. They profile this guy named David. He went to work for an affiliate of Guaranteed Rate in 2021 and got a signing bonus of more than $100,000. Wow. Wow. Interest rates. He's not working in radio. Interest rates were super low and mortgage bankers were raking in the cash, right? But now that business has dried up, the mortgage company wants its money back. He said no. it fired him one month shy of the date when he when it could no longer ask for the bonus back, then demanded the money. Guaranteed rate and its affiliates are also telling hundreds of other former employees that they have to return their signing bonuses. It seems like they realize that they aren't making money in the mortgage business, so the way to get income is to claw back the payments, said David. Uh, This is out of New Jersey. Uh, The company wouldn't uh, comment on individual employees, but its general counsel said, we are not going to be apologetic about exercising our legal rights to recover our money. Wow. So uh, they go on to talk about what I mentioned, that the mortgage industry is notoriously boom or bust. Uh, but this bust is especially bad, and it's only getting started. Unlike previous housing downturns, there's no obvious way out. If the economy keeps chugging along, then the Federal Reserve will continue to keep rates high, which would in turn keep the housing market in the dumps. And if the economy sinks, the Fed may loosen rates, but a recession wouldn't do the housing market much good mm. either. So these companies are growing desperate. They're laying off workers, merging with other lenders, and exiting the business altogether. I think that's ridiculous. If you are given a bonus, then you should have that bonus. And don't give it to me unless you're sure that I get to keep it, right? At the end of the quarter, if you're looking at if it's based on quarterly earnings or whatever, then give it to me at the end. Don't give it to me in the middle where you could still ask for it back later. Well, these were signing bonuses, so they wanted them in the door. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like that, that is that kind of the sales world, right? Where, mm. yeah, I don't bonuses. know. Have you ever received I, a bonus? I have received, my husband gets like usually holiday bonuses. Mm-hmm. I think I might have received uh, from Cumulus. I once got a $50 Wait, gift card for a turkey. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it was a we, turkey did, we bonus. did get turkey. Uh, I don't know if you, you didn't go to the holiday party, I think uh, Christmas before last. Well, obviously, it had to be Christmas before last because last Christmas we were not <laughs> well, last working for them. Yeah. But um, if you showed up at Pier 39 where the party was, you yeah. received a $50 Target gift card. And there was controversy because pe- people who didn't show up didn't get the card. Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Well, and then the reason that was super lame is that a lot of people commute very far distances. and right, it like was me. A we- and the party was on a weekday. Yeah. And so the people who live in the Central Valley... The people who could really use an extra 50 bucks didn't get it. And um, I think that was kind of lame. Yeah, but that's not a real bonus. I mean, we're talking like a chunk bonus, right? Yeah. And I mean, I've I've received a bonus when I was a bartender from the owner. But other than that, I've always, uh, I don't know, my jobs have always been passion based. So... <laughs> I haven't worked in. Uh, I haven't worked in the which means land of we're the bonus. poor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. the land of the bonus. <laughs> it's a great moment. It's a great moment to to let you know the show is crowdfunded, which means we do rely on you. And you'll find our um our PayPal information in the show description, and also the super sticker and super chat is live even uh, afterward if you're watching this and recording as well. Okay. Yes. And so you can bonus us right now. Look at that. The teacher shortage is, thank you, I thought that was appropriate. The teacher shortage is causing a problem when it comes to computer science. And you would think here in California, we would have no problem with computer science, right? There would be ample material, ample uh, computers and equipment, and people that get it and know how to teach it. 
well, except for if you can make a lot more money in the real world rather than in the classroom. Right. <sighs> That's what's happening. Lack of qualified teachers stalling the efforts. California, even though we're this big hub for technology, we rank near the bottom of states nationally in the percentage of high schools offering computer science classes. Oh no, this is bad. We this you know this should be the the mecca. Like if you're a high school student in California, you should know this is your place. But no, no, we don't yeah. have enough yeah, um, teachers. Yeah, only forty percent of California high schools have computer science classes. I find that strange. That national average is fifty three percent. So that's yeah. I mean we have forty percent. We're going really really low. Well, right? this is just another example of. Um, pointing back to the fact that we don't pay teachers enough. So, And I think it's different. Maybe it's different if you're in San Jose or if you're at a, a technology-based high school, but there's a lot of low-income students in California, rural uh, students, and students of color, they are significantly less likely to have access to computer science classes. Yeah. And we know what you need in the job market, right? You need to know stuff when you go get a job. Even if your job isn't in technology, you need to know how to do a PowerPoint presentation. You need to know how to do all of these technical things with computers, uh, how to do a spreadsheet, how to do all these other things. And if you haven't learned the basics, how you're to at a real disadvantage. Yeah, right? You're at a real disadvantage. So, But if it's only 40% of California high schools that have computer science classes, this is more than just low income. This is like suburbs everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. disturbing. It is Very really disturbing. disturbing. So what a bummer. Moving on to something uh, that better. is also considered disturbing, at least uh, in Spain. There's what an... in the world is that? <laughs> this is the Extraordinary Museum of Censored Art, which is opened in Spain. Um, <laughs> and this is my is former that Ronald boss. McDonald on a cross? Yeah, this is one of my former bosses, Ronald McDonald. Oh, no. A crucified Ronald McDonald clown. Prayer mats adorned with stilettos and sketches of former Guantanamo prisoners. Take pride uh, at a new museum in Spain devoted to previously censored art. The private museum of forbidden art, which opened to the public in Barcelona on Thursday, features 42 works from around the world that have been denounced, attacked, or removed from exhibition. Hmm. Works by artists such as Spanish master Francisco de Goya, U.S. cultural icon Andy Warhol, and Chinese artist and activist Ai Weiwei are spread over two floors. The objects are part of a collection of 200 such works belonging to tax Tatso Benet, a Catalan businessman. While they push boundaries and often spark controversy, he says that they uh, they were not enough to uh, not enough to be. This was not enough to be included in the museum located in the center of the Catalan capital, one of the world's most visited cities. We mm. don't collect or show scandalous or controversial works in the museum. We show works in the museum that have been censored, assaulted, violated, banned. Uh, works that have a history behind them. Without that history, they wouldn't be here. Uh, he he added, they always have a place. So so I guess if you don't want to, if you're easily offended, don't go there, right? Yeah, there's a lot of works that deal with religion. So th mm -hmm. like this Ronald McDonald, the Finnish artist, Mick Jesus. <laughs> Mick Jesus. <laughs> Crucified on a, crucified <laughs> on a wooden cross. Yeah. Oh, man. It was taken, uh, it was taken yeah. down from a museum in Israel. And um, so the museum also showcase, showcases a photograph of a cru crucifix submerged in, a, in urine. Uh, oh. That's a New York artist, of course, which was vandalized during an exhibition in France and sparked uproar when first shown in the United States in 1989. I hadn't heard of that. Wow. Um, there's another one by a French Algerian artist that featured 30 Muslim prayer mats, each adorned with a pair of sequined stilettos, which was pulled from 
France oh, falling complaints that's not going to go over well. Yeah. Muslim groups. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, controversial uh, works of art. So if you're in, uh, if you're in the area, if you're in Barcelona, uh, check it out. Uh, some more art, not as controversial. You know, they had these doggy diner heads, part of the doggy oh, yeah. diner, and they took the doggy diners clothes. So they took the heads down and they put them on these pedestals in Golden Gate Park. Yeah. And that's kind of cool because it is, you know, pop culture art. Well, they wanted to do a new exhibit in this area of Golden Gate Park. So the doggy diners moved over to Treasure Island and in comes this. This is a no dancing sign. You what? can kind of see the white writing in the middle that has different messages kind about Kind of like a I voted sticker? Uh, they play a boring red they, I voted sticker. They play music. And so it says no dancing, but really you're supposed to dance, right? It's about breaking rules, breaking uh, norms and traditions and what have you. We don't have uh, that problem here in San Francisco of people not yeah. <laughs> knowing to break rules. Well, this is the, it's a Burning Man piece of art that is now in Golden Gate Park. And I guess it's like a big dance party. Oh, I great. kind of, I like the doggy diner heads better, but yeah, you know. And, and it's going to bring out all the burners. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So this is on John F. Kennedy Drive, a part of which is um, closed to cars. It's called the Golden Mile. Yeah. It It's called the Skaten Place. It's a 20-foot high fabric and metal sculpture that says no dancing. And there are, I guess, people skating by it, uh, exuberant dancing, roller skate dancing, all kinds of things happen near this besides it being giant, a backdrop no for like sign. instagram photos yeah. it doesn't seem very creative to me it doesn't for, seem very for artsy Burning to Man. me i guess the yeah. art is really the event so it's not only the wow, no dancing sign deep. it's yeah it's like an it's like an art hey installation. man you know what it's the, the music the event it's, the event it's is the, the art it's the whole thing you don't get it man <laughs> man come on no dancing uh yeah I kind of like, again, I'm with the doggy diner heads. They're now on Treasure Island in front of the San Francisco Fire Department training facilities. So that's where they live. Pretty cool. I liked them better in Golden Gate Park, but there you go. Little yeah, they did. They, they drove them around for a while on the back of a trailer. They were parked uh, in various parts of the city for a while. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Interesting. I think it's time to take a break. You ready? Oh, yeah. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how often you need to... Get busy, if you know what I'm saying, uh -oh. in order to keep your brain health in in check. We'll be right back. You know back. what I'm saying. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute $10, $15, or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the After Party Live. Thank you to party. everyone who it's has... It's not live. Not it's live not today. Live. Not We're today. previously recorded today. So Thank if you're just you to everyone in. who has uh, super stickered us and everyone who has contributed in an ongoing way to keep the show rolling. You are very, very appreciated. Including Karen Kay. Thank you, Karen. Oh, we appreciate nice. your contribution. Awesome. Thank you, Karen Kay. Um, okay, let's move on to sexy time. Sexy time. Okay, let's go to sexy time. I mean, uh, not you and me, sexy time. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> sexy time in general. You know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. I got you. 
this sexy time. Okay, here we go. Aww, the exact number of times you heart. should be the exact number of times that you should be having sex each week to keep your brain healthy. It's not just about quantity. It's the quality of the encounters that help boost your health. Many of us uh, won't need any added encouragement to get it on with a partner. So maybe you need a sign that says no sexy time. Uh, but a new study has found regular sex can do more than keep you satisfied. It's also good for your brain. Mm -hmm. Re researchers from Hope College in the United States tested the cognitive abilities, which included memory and attention skills of uh, just under 1,700 people. Mm -hmm. aged 62 and older for five years. They found that those aged 75 to 90 who have sex at least once a week for five years scored higher on brain tests at the end of the experiment than those who never got it oh, on. Okay. All right. This could be because sex is a physical activity, which can reduce... Yeah, you're getting those steps in, right? Vertical or horizontal, which can reduce the <laughs> risk of cognitive decline, including dementia. Uh, this may be especially true at older age, uh, older ages, as physical inactivity increases with age, right? And older, uh, old, older old adults have a higher higher rates of sedentary behavior. Thus, any yeah. circulatory benefits from having sex may be important at, at that very old age. Well, does that mean it's necessarily sex or any physical activity? I mean, could you go for a walk or a brisk? You oh, know? I thought you were going to say, is it solo? I think no. anything, <laughs> anything that gets your heart. Going pumping. and pumping and the juice yeah. is flowing. Let's just call yeah. it cardio. Cardio. Right. The study we'll okay. published in the Journal of Sex Research, which I know you get every quarter. Right. Uh, found for slightly younger adults aged 62 to 74, it's all about the quality of the sex rather than how often they mm -hmm. did it. Those okay. who describe their sex life as very pleasurable and satisfying had a better cognitive health scores than those who didn't enjoy their bedroom romps very much. Huh. And the scientists said that it may be attributable to the stress relieving benefits of good sex as well as the release of the pleasure hormone dopamine. Oh, right? yeah. So we all need that dopamine. Okay. Stress pre prevents the new formation of neurons uh, in the hippocampus, an area of the brain associated with memory. So older adults who enjoyed satisfying sexual activities may experience decreased stress that may in turn proje uh, protect the generation of neurons. So this is interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So let's get it on, people. Let's go. Do, 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 do. Something. Uh, unless you're at the Ritz Carlton in Half Moon Bay, in which no, case, no, no, this is a bad one. Uh, this is such a beautiful place, and so you would hope that if you're spending eight, nine hundred dollars a night on a room, Jeez. right? Jeez, I mean, I can't afford to stay there, but look at, I mean, it's right perched over the ocean. It's a beautiful resort, so nice. I remember once I was going to take my mother there for a Mother's Day brunch. And we walked in, and it was something outrageous. Like, two, I we we were just happened by, and I thought, oh, what a perfect place this would be for a lunch, a brunch. And the Mother's Day brunch there was like two hundred, two fifty a head. And we kind of looked at each other and went, "We'll just go down the street to the local cafe and have breakfast there." And yeah. what are you really getting for that two hundred and fifty dollars? You get to be at the Ritz Carlton Half Moon Bay. Yeah, you're probably not getting two hundred fifty dollars worth of food. There was this one couple, they come to the Ritz-Carlton Calf Moon Bay often because their daughter goes to a university nearby. So they visit with her. It was her birthday weekend. So clearly a couple with some, you know, money to spend, right? Their daughter they... goes to university, Kim. That's university. right. Yes, right. Well, well that's right. they had called room service to get some water bottles, the Ritz-Carlton water bottle that you can see here. And You don't uh, want to be drinking out of the tap. Room Please, service came yeah. and delivered the water bottles, and somewhere apparently were on the nightstand. And in the middle of the night, this woman, uh, only identified as a Jane Doe, opened one, 
that maybe likely had been previously opened, took a big sip of it and thought it tasted funky, like maybe some chemical or something was in it. Something mm -hmm. maybe that was had a familiar taste too that she thought, uh-oh. Uh -oh. <sighs> it turns out, and they and so the they had it tested, the hotel had it tested. There was human ejaculate in the water. <clears throat> oh, gross. So somebody had, you know, speaking of getting the juices flowing, had done that into the water bottle. So someone wasn't a tipper. Bodily fluids, I guess. That's, is that what that means? He yeah. just wanted the tip. <clears throat> just, just wanted the it. tip. Uh, so the woman feels sexually assaulted, right? Apparently, they they say they had to go to therapy. Their sex life has taken a hit. Well, this they probably is, already had to go to therapy. I don't know. Whatever they're happened. they're saying at the 800 night resort. Uh, probably, the, uh, the drinking of the semen water was a big problem. I mean, obviously, it would be for anyone. Right. I mean, she's worried about sexually transmitted diseases. Like what the Ritz was in Carlton that. of all places. So, you know, what the Ritz Carlton offered them Marriott points because it's owned by the Marriott. <laughs> That's oh, wow. The couple's like, yeah, Marriott points, not what we want. So they're More suing like lawsuit points. But here's the thing. The Marriott, which I guess owns the Half Moon Bay Ritz Carlton, they won't give the water bottle back. To the couple, they won't give it to the, I guess the the San Mateo County Sheriff's Department for testing. The couple wants an independent testing of it. They want it back because they want it. It's the center of a lawsuit that they have against them. Yeah. So it looks like the Ritz is trying to cover this whole thing up. Which you know, really, if you're paying nine hundred a night, you would expect better customer service. Honestly, <laughs> that's not where you want it. Not in your water bottle. Not no. for that rate. If you're paying that rate, you, yeah, that's not the customer service that should be coming along with it. So how disgusting, though. How gross. Yeah. Ugh. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. Yeah. Sad news out of Hollywood. Uh, Matthew Perry, right? Passed away. I'm so sad about this. I mean, first we had Joey died. Now we have Chandler's died. I think Ross is the only friends my man standing, right? Wait, Joey died? Didn't he die? No. Not Joey did. Matt LeBlanc? Yeah. yeah. Didn't he? No. Am I wrong on that? Is this that? more fake news? God, who no. am I thinking of? I must be. Am I thinking of someone else? Maybe he's still alive. Yeah, Never you're mind. Think, you're Scratch that. Yeah, he, he's still alive. <laughs> he's still <laughs> Matt alive. Matt like, Matt LeBlanc's like, what? I know it was canceled. His show, Joey, oh, or whatever it was called. you know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Luke Perry. My bad. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, we have Chandler here. Chandler Bing, who has passed away. Uh... It's a sad situation. He's only 54 years old, Matthew Perry. Yeah, but God. he um he it sounds like he drowned in his hot tub. Um I and he, know. he he just had didn't he just have his book? Didn't he just he do a book? He had a tour? memoir release because there was all this back and forth about with him and Keanu Reeves. Right. I guess he dissed Keanu Reeves in the book and then he had to apologize for it. Right. But yeah, and he had he had some substance abuse issues, some pretty serious ones. He'd been yeah, in and like out of rehab. Decades. Yeah, he was even in, in alcoholism uh, while they were filming. Yeah, uh, he would have to like hold it together and film. And uh, apparently, the, you could tell when you're watching the show because there's a period of time where he really like bloated up. You could see in his face mm -hmm. like that was the time that he I think he was hitting the hitting the Coca Cola really hard. They say um, no drugs were found at the scene of his death. They obviously have to do a toxicology test and figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but all they can say is there were no signs of foul play, no drugs at the scene. 
doesn't mean that he hadn't taken them somewhere else. Well, it could and have that, been a prescription medication. And it was 4 p.m., so... He drowned right in the hot tub. Hot tub. I, mean, I, I mean, it's possible a lot of people will take, like, a recreational dose of, you know, a prescription medication and then, you know, drink and then go in their hot tub. Or maybe he smart, had some but... type of medical emergency that, you know, you could have a stroke and be in your hot tub and then all of a sudden you're in the water, right? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's sad and so unexpected. Yeah. But yeah, he put his um he put his um, body through a lot. He he doesn't remember filming seasons three through six. Oh man! Because of the substance abuse, that's that's sad. Sad to see him go. Yeah, and speaking, speaking of, of strokes, didn't yeah. Sharon Stone had a stroke? What's she this? had a really bad stroke. She um, and it's funny because not funny, haha. But she went to the hospital, <clears throat> said I have the worst pain in my head I've ever had in my life, and they didn't angiogram to take a look and didn't see it, whatever they missed. And so they thought she was faking it, like big dramatic actress. Oh, you know, there's nothing wrong with her. She said they missed it with the first angiogram, decided that I was faking it. And she said, believing the false negative angiogram, a doctor decided without her knowledge to perform exploratory brain surgery until she pushed back. She said, what I learned through experience is that in a medical setting, women just are not often heard. And she's right. People, women are seen as overly dramatic in hospital settings, and they're often not believed. Oh, come on, Kim. <laughs> you better watch out. You better watch yourself. One of her friends eventually helped convince doctors to give her a second angiogram, and that's where they found a ruptured artery. And then she was ended up having brain surgery and was treated for this. She said, I bled so much the right side of my face fell. My left foot was dragging severely. I was stuttering wow. very badly. She said I would get these knuckle-like knots all over the top of my head. It was so painful. She said it affected her career. She's had to take a break from acting because of this. So, yeah, but that's what happened to her. And I didn't realize it until she came out and talked about it, which I think is important because, you know, you hopefully doctors hear a story like this and realize, okay, I need to take my people more seriously. Yeah, but this problem can happen anywhere. And actually, you know, I, I related the uh, story of my appendix bursting. Yeah. I had a similar doctor who, so it could happen to anybody, you know, it does, mm -hmm. you don't have to be a woman. Uh, he asked me if I was easily excitable because really? I said I was having pain. Right. And he was very dismissive. And in that moment, a lot of times, you know, you want to you want to believe what your doctor is saying. Right. And you don't mm -hmm. want to come across as a crazy person. Right. So in that moment, you know, instead of pushing back, I'm just like, well, maybe I am overreacting. Right. Well, turned out there there it was my my appendix was, you know, I had a pending burst. Right. Yeah. And he was so dismissive. I say, well, did you drink for your birthday? Because it was a couple weeks after my birthday. Yeah. Well, you're, you're just you're like basically he didn't say it, but he was very condescending. It just implied that like, I was overreacting and I was like, um, like, uh, you know, overly animated about it. And, you know, I mean, to ask if I'm easily excitable, I'm like, I'm like, shut up, D-bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> didn't have a very good. Uh, I, and that's that led. I mean, the fact that he misdiagnosed me and it, and it led to an event that could have killed me. I immediately changed my doctor and put in a complaint because um, yeah. you have to have a doctor who listens to you. And now I do have a doctor that listens to me. And so. you have to be able to advocate for yourself and be strong because sometimes, you know, yes, they did go to medical school and yes, they do know best, but you also know yourself yeah. and your body. 
But a lot and of doctors so, are just very type A and it kind of yeah. breeds that mentality. And if you talk to any nurse or, you know, around doctors, like when my dad had his extended stay in the hospital, yeah, all the nurses are on the same page about a lot of the doctors. And they'll it's say, true. Oh, that, they know. that doctor, yeah, he's no, yeah. no bueno. Um, they may be smart, but they, they don't always have, obviously, they don't all have good bedside manner. And some it's of them true. are just plain rude or arrogant. Um, yeah. I had another doctor who just like argued with me and then I had to point out there was research at Harvard that said that my father should not be taking this medication based on his situation. Oh, oh you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, this story is kind of interesting. Snow White, you know, Snow White and Disney, always very popular, right? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, you've heard of them, right? Right. <laughs> There's a Snow White live action remake and it's revealed the first look at... Um, at at the at the like these shots of the movie right that includes okay. CGI dwarves after a major backlash Disney released yeah. the first images of Rachel uh, Zegler as Snow White with uh, CGI seven dwarves in the live action remake um, now the controversy is the portrayal of the dwarf characters originally replacing them with magical creatures but receiving criticism for lack of representation of actors with dwarfism right. The right. new images. I think it was reveal- Peter Dinklage who came out and he's like, "What have I been fighting for?" Right? You're yeah. Just the new keep images perpetuating the stereotypes reveal that the that the dwarves and Snow Whites are now CGI characters, which further diminishes the opportunity for casting actors with dwarfism. Disney seems to be responding to audience feedback and attempting to address the controversy, but the movie's delay suggests that it still has time to make changes to reinvent uh, themselves. The new uh, new image from Disney's live action Snow White shows the first look at the titular princess with dwarves. Uh, the upcoming Disney live action remake is a reinterpretation of their 1937 animated classic Snow White. Snow White is directed by Mark Webb and stars Rachel, Rachel Zegler and Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I had a picture of it, but I don't. So I apologize. Mm. Um, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't mind the dwarves, but I guess if someone else is upset <laughs> like, about it, I'm then... I'm not dwarf averse. I mean, okay, I don't need to... Here's the pictures from the movie. Here's you okay, can see you the dwarves there. there. You can get CGI yeah. dwarves there. And then here's how Rachel Ziegler looks. It looks fakey to me. Like you still have some animation, even though right. she's alive. Yeah. I don't know. Here's her compared to the regular. And I think she'll do a wonderful job and it'll be beautiful. But I don't know. The whole dwarf controversy, I'll go back to the dwarf picture. The whole dwarf controversy over it makes me feel yeah. like... I don't know if I'm loving that they remade this movie. Yeah. You know? And we'll zoom in here. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, there you can is. see that it's CGI'd. Yeah. I, yeah. I I understand. I understand why they're upset because they don't get how many opportunities did they get? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and now you're taking that away from them. It's true. Not cool. Not no, cool. it isn't. And then there's the whole, like, you know, that's when people think of little people. That's what they think of. Right, you know, or um, so. or events at Sonoma County, like the uh, what was it? Was it mud wrestling or just wrestling? It was little oh, person was, wrestling. No, they called it the midget wrestling. Yeah, I didn't want to say the word. That's oh, little person. My, <laughs> leave it to me to say it for you. <laughs> You're canceled now, Kim. I'm so unlikable. Me and Sophia. Speaking Coppola, of canceled, yeah, Sophia Coppola says her Apple TV Plus series was canceled because of her lead being an unlikable woman. The series was an adaptation of a novel written in 1913 by Edith Wharton called The Custom of the Country. And the, I guess it was a five hour limited series, but Apple TV said, no worry, we don't want it. No, thank you. 
they started cutting back on how much money they were willing to put into it. Uh, they just said no. They, I guess the executives weren't fans of the lead character, who is a social climber called Undine Sprague. The idea of an unlikable woman just wasn't their thing. So the custom of the country uh, was supposed to follow Undine, this woman who had social aspirations, who convinces her newly rich parents to leave the Midwest and settle in New York. Once in the city, capturing the eye of a high society fella, marrying him, uh, that relationship and each one thereafter proves to be unsatisfactory. And it's all because of her greed and ambition. And I get that. But you have to there in order for a show or a movie to be compelling, you have to like a character. And usually it's a lead character, right? right? So if the lead character is someone completely and wholly unlikable, then does the show work? I think it I really know. depends on the plot of the story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And maybe even though she's a social climber and unlikable, there is some redeeming quality to her. Or at the end of it, she's so miserable that, you know, you find that she's learned a lesson or there's something you can take from it. Yeah, there are a lot of shows with, like, hate characters. Like, I'm watching Billions, you know, and their mm -hmm. their lead characters are horrible people. Not a a lot of redeeming qualities there. Yeah, there's a lot of shows that are like, woo, you know. This is ugly and dark and bad. And a lot of people Apple... complain to me that they don't like watching um, Seinfeld because they find the characters not likable. But to me, it's like, well, that's the point. It's humor. I, I kind of I liked Elaine. I thought Elaine was cool. Right. I mean, they did go on trial at the end for not being yeah. uh, good people. And, right. I mean, you did. There was something relatable about each character, even if you didn't love them or you well, found yeah, them you annoying don't have to love whatever. every character. Like it's a yeah. comedy and it's funny. So it works. Right. Yeah, um, but it's now, not to be. This movie is a goner. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, some people who are on camera who may not want to be on camera as uh, citizens of San Francisco, the U.S. Secret Service could be using Union Square cameras to surveil and monitor San Franciscans ahead of the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Conference. This is APEC. Uh, we, I mentioned this on the show, I think, about a month ago, that this is this is a huge deal. It's coming to San Francisco. The president's going to speak. The Secret Service, which is tasked with protecting the president and other foreign dignitaries during the event, asked the Union Square Alliance in a September letter for access to their camera network while the area is under a national special security event status from DHS from November 15th through or on or about November 18th. So that's yeah, this what... is a big security deal. Like there's going to be a lot of dignitaries and foreign yeah. leaders coming here. So they're not they're taking this very seriously. So that's four four days of access to the cameras. The agency says it plans to staff the surveillance equipment, which consists of more than 500 cameras from private business owners around the square. Oh, that's a lot of cameras. 24 Smile. hours. You're on candid 24 camera. hours a day. The Alliance did not confirm yep. whether the Secret Service had access to their cameras, but acknowledged Friday that it will be cooperating with law enforcement agencies for the event. Uh, the group has previously granted law enforcement access to their cameras to surveil protesters demonstrating against police mm -hmm. violence. I didn't know that, did you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so APEC is uh, set to bring in thousands of foreign dignitaries and journalists to San Francisco for this high-profile week-long summit where major Pacific Rim economies will come together to craft trade deals. So this is uh, this is going to be a closely watched event. It's yep. a big deal, and the city's trying to put its best foot forward. Just watch out and be careful where you put that foot down on the sidewalk. <laughs> Don't do anything wrong. Keep <laughs> Don't walking. Do anything. No dancing. No and, dancing. Uh, watch where you nope. step. 
no peeing on the sidewalk. Move along. Just do your business. Get out of there. Uh, you know, I have an update on the story out of Santa Rosa. Remember we talked about that old stone house? Stone yeah, building. yeah, the one that was uh, whitewashed. They're painting it white, and there are people that were slowing down and saying, what are you doing? Don't mess up right. the stone house. Well, the owners of the building, the new owners of the stone house, they heard you. They're now sandblasting the white paint off of the stone house to put it back to its original condition. So, Saturday, two construction workers were sandblasting most of the paint off. This is a 114-year-old structure, and now it's a shade closer to its original hue. There was, I mean, over time, it gets a little grimy and dirty, right? But after it was sandblasted and the white paint was taken off, it's now even cleaner. So, it kind of looks like it did in the beginning. The new owner, Novato-based developer, his name is Paul Thompson, he said, we want everybody to be happy. We don't want to be swimming upstream. So they hired a paint contractor to whitewash the building. Now they've sandblasted it all off. He won't say how much the paint removal is costing, but he's paying for it, uh, the owner of the building. And it's all because people were upset, like this outcry of this beloved building in Santa Rosa. There's not a lot of history here in California. We don't have, you know, it's not like the East Coast where every building is old or Europe where every right. building is like. So when you have a 114-year-old building that's, you know, made of stone or somehow stands out in your community, you want to preserve it, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. Uh, it's a nice building. I think it's, uh, it's good that they're getting rid of the paint. Yeah. They it's say kinda... that that's... Santa Rosa landmark. Nobody wanted to see it painted white and just be another building. All yeah, the negative kinda... vibes from the stone house getting painted must have paid off because they're sandblasting it. And they have been for two days trying to get all that white off. So there yeah, you go. It looked a little tacky. Yeah. Um, well, let's um, end with a happy story um, or interesting story here. A daughter's plea to help her dad's Bay Area party supply business goes viral on TikTok. Steve Didham's owner of Didham's party and toy store has a track record of delighting his customers um, with 34 years yeah, and three locations <laughs> under their belt, he's held the he's held his own against giant competitors like Party City and Amazon, right? Mm, yeah, and even kept their doors open during COVID nineteen. But this October, a time of year that's uh, usually incredibly profitable for the store because of Halloween, has been exceptionally slow. That is until his daughter um, Marin recorded a post that went viral on TikTok. She said, my dad did this without telling me the next morning, or he said, I'm sorry, my daughter did this without telling me. The next morning she calls me up and says, daddy, I hope you're not mad at me. I made a video trying to help you and there are 60,000 views. I think you should do something. <laughs> the TikTok <laughs> video uploaded on October 24th, or 21st has garnered almost 300,000 views now and 45,000 wow. likes with a plea for viewers to help give my dad a fighting chance against Jeff Bezos. Hmm. And they're already seeing traction. He says, uh, I stand in stores every day and shake people's hands. And now they say, oh, I saw your daughter on TikTok. And it's just wonderful. And we, uh, they surely need it. So many of the commenters on uh, TikTok bring up fond memories they have of shopping at the party supply store as children. Uh, they said, no way. We love Didums growing up. Heading there for the weekend for you and your dad. One user posted, OMG, I've been going there since I was a kid. It's a staple oh, of San Carlos cool. downtown. So much yeah. love uh, to your family and for making a core memory, according to another uh, user. Since the video went viral, Steve said that the foot traffic has returned to normal. Customers who mentioned the TikTok video have been rewarded with half off on Halloween oh, costumes. Really That's nice. Cool. He says, I, wonder, I don't even. Is, this is an East Bay store, right? Uh, they're in San Carlos. Uh, I don't know where the other locations are, but so Pen Peninsula oh. and uh, Mountain View and San Mateo. 
Yeah, so it's okay. a peninsula and south to Mountain View. I wonder if you can order online from Didums. So, you know, if all the people that have seen the video can participate in the yeah, lifting the, up the it's store. It's D-I-D-D-A-M-S. D-I-D-D-A-M-S. Didums.com. Okay. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, he said that he doesn't even know how to operate TikTok. And uh, but his daughter sends him the comments, and there must be uh, I don't know a hundred thousand. There's a trillion comments of all these people. He says, I mean, I just cried when I saw it all there. All these people say, Oh, I was I was there when I was a child. It's my favorite store ever, and uh, it just yeah. warms the cockles of my heart. So I thought that story uh, would yeah. be a good way to end because that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, that's awesome. It's nice to see a local business doing well, though, so. and thriving. I can't believe it's over already. Yeah, come on. It's the After Party Live, not so live today. It's our no, first. That's all right. Hey, happy Halloween. Tomorrow's Halloween, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so are you going to wear a costume on tomorrow's show? Oh, I don't know. I, I wasn't planning on wearing it on the show. We'll have I to think talk. maybe we should. We'll have to I talk. mean, it's a party. Let's have a Halloween party. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk meeting. about I'll, it. I'll take that meeting. <laughs> okay. We'll do it. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for You'll being here. And we'll do it live. Well, we will indeed. Tomorrow will be live. Thanks for spending your hour with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Monday. Bye-bye.